You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. All right, grab your Bibles, turn them to Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2, and we have been on a series now about titled Letters to the Church. And this is our fourth week. We've been looking at seven letters that Jesus wrote to seven different churches in Revelations 2 and Revelations 3. And each one of these letters is written to a different church and and it, there's things that we can learn that are relevant, relevant to today. They're not just something that is pertaining to that period of time, but it's something, man, I can't talk or breathe right now. Jesus, help me. But it's something that we can relate to right now presently. Amen. Amen. So this is the fourth letter, and it's to the church of Thyatira. Everybody say that with me. Thyatira. You know, and if you can't say well, just say it fast, because no one knows if you said it right or wrong to begin with. So in Revelations chapter 2, verse 18, it says, To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Now I told first service, I said, Did you know in heaven there is no sun? Did you all know that? There ain't no sun in heaven. You want to know why? Because the light emanating from the glory of God is so bright you don't need one. Y'all hear, like the light coming from the throne, of picture that, no sun, because it's so bright. I mean, this is the God that we serve. His eyes are like fire. They're like fire. Do you hear, like, this is who God is. He isn't some just old guy sitting on a throne, getting lazy, waiting to come back someday. His eyes are like fire. His feet are bronze. The light coming from him is brighter than the sun. Amen. Man, I love talking about Jesus. Verse 19, I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance that you are now doing more than you did at first. Hear that for a moment, Promise Church, doing more than you did at first. We should be people that our capacity increases. We're doing more than we did when we started because God is within us and we are capable of doing more than we begin with. Amen? Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. Everybody say, Jezzy, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely. Sounds great, doesn't it? Unless they repent of their ways, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. Everybody say hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. Satan's got deep secrets and he wants you to learn them. You got to be careful not to learn his deep secrets to keep yourself guarded. I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over nations. This is what we're after here at the Promisers. Authority over cities, authority over nations. That one will rule with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit saying to the churches. Now, today, I want to talk to you about something a little different. 
I want to talk to you about the spirit of Jezebel. And the subtitle of my message today, if our, if our series is called Letters to the Church, the subtitle is Stop Tolerating the Jezebel Spirit. Stop, somebody, thank you. Stop, tolerate, stop tolerating the Jezebel Spirit. Come on, all you first service people, work with me. Stop tolerating the Jezebel Spirit. Look at your neighbor. They are not your enemy. Some of you women need to remind yourselves of that. Your husband or your wife or your kids or your friend, they are not your enemy. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and spirits of darkness, authorities, demons. Satan is real. Hell is real. Minions are not real. Demons are real. And they hate you. And they don't want you to just go to hell when you die. They want you to experience hell right now. And you and I, we fight against spirits. Now here's the good news, we already have won. We already have victory because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross. But oftentimes we don't live in it. We live defeated. Oftentimes we allow spirits to come into our life, to take up residency, and to stay there unopposed, and they ruin our lives. And there is a particular spirit called the Jezebel spirit that we're gonna talk about today. And this spirit's gonna die today. And this spirit is in reference to a woman that lived a long time ago in 1 Kings. And this was a woman who was a terrible woman. She was full of sexual immorality. She was a controlling woman, a manipulative woman. And her spirit lives on. Jesus, when he wrote this letter, wrote this letter over a thousand years after Jezebel died. He is not talking about a person, Jezebel. He is talking about a spirit of Jezebel that lives on. And in every generation, Jezebel has children. That's why in verse 23, if you put that back up there, it says, and her children must die. I will strike her children dead. Because in every generation, the spirit of Jezebel tries to create new children in you and in me. And this spirit, if it is unattended, and if you allow it to grow and allow it to develop and allow it to nurture, will come in and attack your family, it'll attack your marriage, it'll attack your children, it'll attack your finances, every relationship, every aspect of your life, this spirit will control. And that is why at its infancy, her children, because it's at its infancy that she's easiest to kill, if you allow it to grow and spawn, she will destroy you. And she's going to die today. Spirit of Jezebel is going to die today. And there are two different types of people that I want to speak to today. There's people who are functioning in the spirit of Jezebel. You are acting as the spirit. Oftentimes you're a great person. And you don't even recognize you're doing it. There's other people who are feeling the effects of the spirit of Jezebel. It's like Elijah in the Bible, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You could be a great person, great man of God, great woman of God, but you feel the effects of the Spirit around you. And we're going to see freedom in both of those people today. I felt like the Lord was very specific with me as I was preparing for this. He said, there are people here who are functioning in the Spirit of Jezebel, and you don't even know it. And today, we're going to shine a big old floodlight on the spirit he likes to hide in dark corners and we're going to bring it out to the front and put it on judge jury and trial and we're going to defeat her once and for all amen amen you guys with me good 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna share with you some characteristics of a person who was functioning in this spirit. And you might identify with one or all six of these. But these are indicators that you are functioning in that, that that spirit has come upon you and you are acting in that spirit. Now let me be very clear. This is not a woman spirit. This, y'all you men are like, I'm glad he's talking about Jezebel, looking at your wife like, honey, he's talking to you. No, this is not a gender specific spirit. It is a gender neutral. And all you men are battling the same thing as all you women. Can I get an amen from some women up in here? This is not a gender-specific spirit. Each person can feel the effects or act in the spirit. Now, if you aren't taking notes, I highly encourage you. If you're a volunteer or a leader in the Promise Church, you better look at them and make sure they got a pen and pad because we're going to be a note-taking church. If you take notes, you come expecting that God's going to speak to you and you have a way to refer back to what he shares to you. Amen. Amen. In every meeting, you're going to see me taking notes because I come expecting for God to speak to me. I'm going to give you a lot of points. I feel like I'm a Bible college graduate today because I got a lot of notes for you to take down. Characteristics of somebody who functions in the Jezebel spirit. Number one, insecurity. Number two, rejection. Jezebel, her father, gave her in marriage to King Ahab to create a bridge between the two nations. She felt rejected by her father, and at the same time, her mother was a controlling woman. Oftentimes, this pattern is seen in somebody who functions in the Jezebel spirit. They feel rejection from their father, and they have a controlling, domineering mother in their life. Now, let me be very clear. A husband is not dominating over his wife. My wife is not superior to me. Are there any women in here right now who can amen me for a moment? My wife is not inferior to me. I am to lay my, my life down for my wife, and she is to submit to me. It sounds pretty mutual. I do not lead her as me ahead and she behind. We lead hand in hand together, stomping the devil everywhere we go and fighting on behalf of our family together. I don't make decisions without her involvement. We are together. But a pattern can be seen. We have seen it time and time again in people who live with the spirit, function in the spirit, that they have a rejection from their father and have a controlling mother. And that passive father figure is not involved in their life. And the spirit of rejection, spirit of insecurity, forms an open door for the spirit of Jezebel to come in and control your life. Number two, or sorry, number three is pride. And number four is arrogance. Oftentimes the person who has, is functioning in this spirit will say things like, if they only asked my opinion, it'd be a whole lot better. I know how to do everything. Anybody who's doing anything, you got a better idea on how to do it. There's so much pride in you that the idea of somebody coming and confronting you actually kind of excites you because you know you can turn it around and prove your point. You love arguing with people. You love and always think you're right. You're not. You're not always right. And this spirit 
comes in all shapes and sizes, and any opportunity you can to you insert your opinion, insert your own ideas. There's no humility. There's just pride and arrogance. That's why one of our greatest weapons against the spirit of Jezebel is to reinforce authority. To do with your children, to reinforce their teachers, the authority of their teachers, to reinforce the authority of their coaches. Even if you disagree with them, you don't encourage them, hey, no matter what he's telling you, just run something different. No, you reinforce honor and respect of authority. Because if you don't, that opens a door in your child's life to say, I know better than my authority. You reinforce government. Do you know government is God's idea? You reinforce leaders in church. The Bible says if you can't come under what God has put over, he cannot bless you. Let me say it again. If you cannot come under what God has put over, he won't bless you. And you see it all throughout Scripture. Look at David's life. Look at Joshua's life. Look at, not, uh, who am I trying to say? I don't know. Joseph, thank you. I knew it was a J. Look at Nehemiah's life. Look at Daniel's life. Men serving leaders who weren't good. Men serving leaders who wanted to kill them. And yet David's like, don't even talk negatively about Saul. I won't kill him if I have an opportunity, even though it was the word of God on his life. There is no place in scripture where it says you should try to usurp authority if you disagree with them. In fact, it says, you know those people who aren't good in government? Yeah, I put them there for your benefit. That's what the Bible says, that you're to pray for them, that you're to bless them. You're not to talk negatively about them, whether you agree with them or not. This is how you can fight against the spirit of Jezebel. Reinforce authority. Pray for those above you. Well, I just don't agree with them. I don't care. The Bible doesn't care. It actually says it doesn't matter whether they hurt you or harm you. You are to pray for them and to submit to them. Amen. Isn't it great talking politics? Hallelujah. Number five, manipulation and control. Characteristics of people who function in the spirit of Jezebel. Manipulation and control. Well, I don't manipulate, I motivate. Motivation is for the good of others. Manipulation is for the good of you. Well, I just, you know, I don't really say anything. You manipulate by your emotions, often. I've seen it in families, I've seen it in marriages, I've seen it in children. Your children should not be able to manipulate you to get what they want. You're in the grocery store and your child throws a fit because they want candy. And you say no. And then they throw a louder fit. No, I told you no. And then they throw a louder fit and all of a sudden you notice the eyes are on you. Fine, just take it and be quiet, shut up. What have they learned? They've learned that I can get what I want if I just wait long enough. And that spirit of manipulation develops in your kids. I see it in, in wives, I see it in husbands, I see it in finances, and oftentimes you can control and manipulate just be out of silence. It's your mood. And that spirit of control and manipulation, you oftentimes wonder, why can't I just, why do my relationships like this? Why, why doesn't, don't things get better? Why am I constantly stuck? It's because that controlling spirit causes you to insert yourself when you should be removing yourself. Amen. Let's just take a big sigh of relief. Amen. It's good. It's God's word. 
There are many people in this church, and I say this because I feel like the Lord told me this, that function in this spirit, that manipulate and control their way from thing to thing to thing. You get your way because you will stop at nothing to get your way. You do it in your marriage, do it to your children, you do it to your parents, you do it in your finances, and you've opened a door for the spirit of Jezebel to come in that controlling, manipulative spirit where you dominate every situation. I can speak about it because I've lived it. I've done whatever it's taken to get what I wanted. I'll be the first one to lay on that altar this morning. And if you stay there, you will find yourself alone. You will find yourself fighting battles by yourself because no one will fight with you. And it's time that the church stops trying to control and manipulate their way to solve their problems, but humbles themselves to say, God, I'll let you do it. See, Jezebel in the Old Testament, she destroyed all the altars of the Lord. And she tried to defeat all the prophets of God because she hates ministry. She hates the word of the Lord. She hates ministry. This is why it's so important for you to pray for your leaders. Because if, if she can't get to your pastor, she'll get to your, their children. And if she can't get to their children, she'll get to their grandkids or their family or their friends. You need to pray and cover your pastors. And see, the devil, Spirit of Jezebel, doesn't mind if you come to church. Doesn't mind if you hear a great message and it tickles your ears. Come forth for an altar call, raise your hand, blood, sweat, and tears, the whole thing. As long as you leave the same. That's why she had to remove the altars. Because if you create an altar in your life, she's going to lose. But she's got to remove those altars. So where you just come and worship him, but there's nothing in you. The altars are gone. The word of the Lord is gone in your life. And maybe you're sitting there saying, well, hey, man, I'm good. My life is good. You're successful. Your finances are in order. Your kids are good kids. Your marriage is strong. And you're like, man, I'm good. I, I don't think I got anything to worry about. Let's look at King Ahab. King Ahab was a successful king. The, the most successful conquering king in scripture was King Solomon. Number two, not King David, he's three. King Ahab was number two. The second most conquering king in all of Israel. That shows you that you can be a successful, conquering individual, accomplish things in your life and still tolerate the spirit of Jezebel and be under the influence of it and not even realize it. Success, quality of life, good relationships does not eliminate you from having the Jezebel spirit come in and insert herself in your life. She loves to hide in the shadows. She loves for you to think that it's something else that's causing the problem when it's really a spirit. Every single person is susceptible to this if you're not careful. So I want to give you five different areas, five different effects of the spirit of Jezebel in your life. You guys ready? Five different effects. If you tolerate the spirit of Jezebel, you will feel these feelings. Maybe you're going to feel all of them. Maybe you feel one of them. Jezebel is a spirit of lust and is an unmarried spirit. It is a spirit of fear it is a spirit of isolation. It is a spirit of discouragement. I just don't know if I can keep going. I just, I don't know if I can make it. I just feel like quitting. I just don't feel like I, it's worth it. Number five, Jezebel is a spirit of depression. Now, I want to be sensitive to a point. You're like, bro, you ain't going very good. 
I understand that sometimes there are chemical imbalances and you take prescription for depression or anxiety, whatever it may be. But I would say from my experience, most often it is not a chemical imbalance, it is a spirit that is attacking you. And I have seen people, many people, who have been battling depression, have an encounter with the Lord, experience freedom, and all of those prescriptions that they were taking aren't needed anymore. It wasn't the prescription that cured them, it was Jesus. So I understand that some of you are coming here and being skeptical, skeptical, whatever you're doing, you're being something. And you're thinking, oh, you don't know my situation. I do know Jesus, though. And whether it is a chemical imbalance or not, he's still Jesus. And he can come in and fix that imbalance, or he can come remove the spirit. I'll take either route. I'll take either one. And this morning, depression is going to die. Ah. You feel it. I told somebody, I remember who it was, but I, like, I feel like I'm going into battle. So number one, an unmarried spirit and a spirit of lust. The Jezebel spirit is a spirit of unfaithfulness, a spirit of lust, a spirit of sexual immorality. It hates anything pure. I've shared many times about my addiction to pornography. I struggled with it for many years. Leader in a church, married, doesn't matter. It hates you and it hates every attempt you give. You cannot manage a demon. You cannot manage bondage in your life. You cannot do it. I tried to delete apps. I tried to turn computer screens around. I tried everything I could do. It wasn't until I got freedom from a spirit that I experienced freedom. It wasn't until I confessed to my wife, like in James where it says, confess your sins one to another and you will find healing. It wasn't until I did that. I repented a thousand times, but it wasn't until I died to myself that I experienced freedom from a spirit. And this spirit is an unmarried spirit. It takes people who are married, who have signed a contract maybe to the Lord, maybe to a person, your heart has been given, but you have an unmarried spirit, unfaithful. It gives you reasoning and excuses. I can look at that, I can think about that, I can watch that. It happens at an early age. It happens in a church. It happens in a spiritual environment even. Doesn't care. And this unmarried spirit causes you to say I belong to something but I'm not committed. Let me read something to you. In some translations it says that Jezebel had to repent of her fornication which comes from the Greek word fornia. How you like me now? I know Greek. Fornia, which is where the word pornography comes from. And Jesus is saying is that there is a spirit of pornography that is coming against the church. It's a spirit. And if you entertain it, it will destroy you. I'm not just speaking to men, I'm speaking to women too. It will destroy you. And it's not just pornography. Well, I don't look at anything yet, but you're perverted and you lust. That spirit will destroy you if you entertain it. And people say, well, I belong to Jesus, but I'm not committed. It's that unmarried spirit. I belong to a church, but I'm uncommitted to it. And I love people who come from one church and start attending the church. I, I love it. 
But the problem is, is we have this thing that says, well, I'll stay, but the moment I get offended, I'm out. Peace. I got news for you. You're going to get offended. I'm probably offending you right now. <laughs> At some point, I'll say something stupid, and you're going to get offended. Somebody will offend you. It's pretty much guaranteed because we're, we're all humans. We're not perfect. Somebody's going to offend you. Or they say, well, I, I just, if I stop getting fed, then I'm out. It is not my job to feed you. Feed yourself. You know, my kids, you know, they get breastfed and bottle fed for a moment compared to the rest of their lives. And so many Christians are like, feed me milk. Are you kidding me? You've been saved for three years. Feed yourself. Read your word. Study the scriptures. Worship God on your own time. Pray on your home. Do it with your family. If all you do is want me to feed you, you're going to get real hungry on Tuesday. Feed yourself. Then when you come to church, you get, you get built up and excited to go out and feed yourself some more. This is a rallying moment. This is not a feeding frenzy. We come here to give. Give praise. Amen. Number two is fear. 1 Kings 19. I, I, I preached on this a couple weeks ago. Elijah had just had the best day of any prophet in history. He's up on Mount Carmel, fire falls from heaven, burns up his, his sacrifice, and he gets to slaughter all the prophets of Baal. They all die, all of his competition dead in a moment, true Old Testament style. And then he goes up a little higher on the mountain, and he calls down rain after it hasn't rained for years. And then, in true superhero fashion, he puts his cloak into his belt and outruns a horse. First superhero ever. The best day in the world. He should have been on cloud nine. And then it says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. First Kings 19 verse 1. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. He just had the best day. He should have called fire from heaven on the messenger. Which, by the way, Jezebel doesn't have to come near you. She can come through a messenger. She didn't say that to Elijah. A messenger did, which means you can be in the grocery store. You could be taking your kids to school. All of a sudden, somebody comes up, says something to you. The spirit of Jezebel comes. Doors open. Fear comes into your life. And she didn't even come. It's through a messenger. This spirit will come in any shape, any size. It hates you. Ahab would actually go to, he went to one of Elijah's services. Heard Elijah preach, the glory fell, my wife was leading worship, and he's like, I've had enough, I'm ready to repent. He repented in the service. And then he left, and nothing changed. Because see, the devil doesn't mind you coming to church. Because that doesn't mean your life will be transformed. Spirit of Jezebel doesn't mind that you come forth for an altar call, your ears are ticking a little bit, and you get all excited, as long as it doesn't change your character. The spirit of Jezebel does not want your life to be transformed. She doesn't care, though, if you hear the word. Another story in Scripture, which I don't have time to read, is John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah, and he worked against Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, Herod's wife. And they threw him in prison 
because he was saying that Herod shouldn't marry his brother's wife. Crazy. And Herod would go to John the Baptist in prison and listen to John the Baptist preach because it was amazing. It was crazy. It was awesome. Could it be true? The spirit of Jezebel hates life transformed. She's perfectly fine with you coming to church. That's why many of you could be here today and be feeling the effects of the spirit of Jezebel and be sitting here. Number three, isolation. First Kings 19, three through four. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He left his servant, and let me just go on my own. Solitude. Now you might be being, saying like, well, Aaron, I'm, I'm going to my secret place with Jesus. You preach on that all the time. See, solitude is when I go try to be with God. Isolation is when I go try to be by myself. So when y'all are getting your ice cream and binge watching Netflix because you just need a break from life, that ain't good. If you run to things to give you peace, if you run to things instead of Jesus when life gets tough, that is a perfect example of isolation. Well, I just got to get by myself because no one understands what I'm going through. No one will be able to uh, have sympathy with me because I, I, no one understands me. And I just don't feel like talking to people about my problems. And you just go isolate yourself and it compounds the problem. You need people in your life for you to open up to. Stop running to the corner by yourself to, to have your own pity party. It won't solve any problems. Your day will suck the next day you wake up just the same way it was before. It won't change. Isolation will kill you. And the spirit of Jezebel waits for you just to run into that corner by yourself. Just because to, to, you're sad, because it's been a rough day. She just waits for that moment. And as soon as you get there and you're just like, I just, just need to be alone. Just can't be around the kids right now. Don't want to talk to anybody. Just need my alone time just so I can just like, just settle down. It's a perfect example of what Jezebel's looking for. She capitalizes on it. And pretty soon you, you start running towards that place where you can just be alone it's where your fear grows. It's where pride grows. It's where you look at pornography. It's where you start feeling discouraged. It's where uh, thoughts of suicide come in. It's where negativity comes in. It's where it all begins to happen by yourself alone with no one else around you. Amen. Number four, discouragement. One of the effects of the Spirit is with Jezebel is discouragement. Man, I just feel like quitting. I don't know if I can go on any longer. First Kings 19. Verse 4 says, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no good. Everybody's better than me. Why would God want to use me? I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I don't amount to anything. I just worked the same job I've worked at for 30 years. What can I do? I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. What can I do? I don't, I just make minimum wage and I'm 40 years old. What, what does that mean? I can't, I don't have enough finances. I don't have enough things to offer. I'm not talented in that way. Why would God want me? All my ancestors, all my friends, everybody I look up to and aspire to me is all better than me. Y'all quiet because you agree with me. Y'all thinking those thoughts. And we compare and we compare and we compare and pretty soon all we're like is, what's the point? I just, I try. 
yeah, I tried to step out and even talk to that person about Jesus, but I'm not that person. In Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You want to know how to get over discouragement? Through thanksgiving. When you start feeling discouraged, you begin to thank the Lord. Well, my situation's bad, Pastor. I got nothing to thank for. Do you got two eyes and a nose? Thank you for that. God, I thank you there's breath in my lungs. Like even if there's cords, bring in the breath in your lungs. Thank you for the tubes. Like thank him there's an earth that's not flat but round. Thank him for anything. And as you begin to thank the Lord, the spirit of gratitude comes in your life and you stop worrying about the discouragement you're feeling and you start focusing on the Jesus that is ahead of you fighting on your behalf. Thankfulness, praise, gratitude defeats discouragement. That's why prayer is so important. Prayerlessness is a sign that Jezebel is controlling you. That's why our intercessors are so important in the church. That's why you need to pray for your leaders, pray for your family, pray for yourself, because prayer begins to defeat Jezebel, gets your eyes onto Jesus and off of your problems. Number five is depression. I'll just, I don't know if it's worth living any longer. Here's Elijah, prophet of God soldier in the kingdom i just god just take my life i believe there's many people here today you've been battling suicidal thoughts maybe you've been cutting yourself you've been entertaining maybe i should just end it you're going to be free today you all want to know how to defeat jezebel you want to know the end of the story i'm appreciating anybody this day y'all want to know how to defeat this lying spirit Oh my gosh, come on. I got a lot of faith. And this spirit's going to die today. Elijah has a pretty bad day. Runs, tries to ask Jesus to kill him. And then God says, I want you to go and anoint three people. One of those people is Jehu. Jehu. Hey, Jehu. You all got that. A little slow. You're right. <laughs> Jehu. So Jehu, a, a few chapters later, actually into 2 Kings, he rides into the capital city. Rides up to the palace, and here's Jezebel on, out on her balcony painting her face. Just painting her face. That seductive spirit painting the face out there for all to see. Because that Jezebel spirit likes to hide behind a mask wants you to think it's something else. That spirit of lust that you're fighting, oh, that's not a spirit, that's just a bad habit. No, that's a spirit. That fear that you're entertaining all the time, that's just not a character quality. That anger, that depression, that's not just an imbalance, that's a spirit masking herself. And he rides up, Jehu rides up, and surrounding Jezebel are three eunuchs. And a eunuch is somebody that is castrated by the king so that he knows, the king knows that he, they're not going to flirt with his bride. I don't know any other way to say it, but as you get closer to Jezebel, your manhood, your identity will be cut off. You will become powerless and unfruitful. 
I want to speak specifically to men for a moment. There are men in this room who you have lost your dignity and your manhood because you've allowed that spirit to come in. You've become passive. You've lost your authority. You've been fighting like a scared little rabbit because you've allowed, I don't know what a scared little rabbit is, just the only thing that came to my head, but you've been fighting that way. And you've lost your identity as a man. And Jehu rides up, he looks at the eunuchs, and he says, who's on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? And those three eunuchs look at him, and let me read this for you in 2 Kings 9.33. And he said, throw her down. And so they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses. And he trampled her underfoot. Who? Jehu. Jehu walked over to her and trampled her underfoot to make sure she was dead. And as I'm reading this this morning, I'm like, God, I want to see that spirit of fear trampled under my feet. I want to see the spirit of lust and pornography trampled under my feet this morning. I want to see discouragement and depression die today. And I have a question for you, Promise Church, is who's on the Lord's side? Who's been powerless for far too long and wants to get their power back and say, I'm going to cast that demon. I'm going to take that spirit of Jezebel, throw her off the balcony and stomp on her. I'm tired of seeing people have an experience on a Sunday morning and walk out the room defeated. Freedom is going to come today. That spirit is going to be brought onto the center and we're going to defeat her once and for all. Are you with me? Why don't you stand? I hate the devil. And I love it when he dies. You tell I've been working out? Got my fire back. Actually, I've never worked out before, so I... Today's a good day. I weigh more, more than my brother never happened in my life I guess I'm the only one excited about that I was like it's a good day he just got done fasting for you and I gained weight we're gonna give two opportunities this morning for people who have been functioning in the spirit of Jezebel manipulation and control pride and arrogance rejection and insecurity and then we're going to have a moment for people who have been feeling the effects I believe there are many people in this room you've been acting in the spirit of Jezebel you're good, good people maybe you didn't even realize it until we started talking about it all of a sudden you're like man that's me and if that's you this morning I want you to come up right now you're saying, I've been acting in that spirit. I've been manipulating. I've been controlling. I have insecurity. I've been dealing with rejection. I got pride and arrogance in my life. I feel like I know everything. I feel like I don't have any problems. I've been manipulating, controlling those around me to get my way. It's been about me. Can you turn her up a little bit? If you came forward, I just want you to close your eyes. 
And I want you to begin to say, Lord, search my heart. Search me, Jesus. Let him speak to you. prayer ministry team if you can come up here's the good news for all those who came up this spirit died in a moment there was no battle plan there was no army there was no military strategy you regain your power and you cast her off the balcony and you find victory and you stomp her blood underneath of your feet so right now we take authority over this spirit we speak against rejection. I need some more people to pray. Come on, if you, if you got faith this morning, Larry, Rachel, come on people, come up here and pray. If, in the name of Jesus, insecurity and rejection I come against right now. You are not a mistake. You are perfectly and wonderfully made. We come against pride and arrogance that would try to dictate what life brings, that would try to control a situation. We break the controlling spirit in the name of Jesus, the manipulating spirit. Come on, church, begin to pray for him. The manipulating spirit that would try to leverage their way into situations, that would try to come in and say, it's my way or the highway. God, we speak humility. We speak transparency and vulnerability manipulation and control be broken in the name of Jesus rejection be broken in the name of Jesus we break the controlling spirit of pride now what I want you to do is I want you to begin to take your authority and cast her off that there's things in your life that you're completely aware of, areas where you've been acting in this spirit. I want you to take authority, and I want you to cast that spirit. Be, say it out loud. I will no longer do this, and I take authority over this spirit of control or this spirit of manipulation, and I remove you. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. You will not run my life any longer. This feeling of insecurity and rejection, I cast you off in the name of Jesus this controlling spirit I cast you off in the name of Jesus you will not run my life any longer pride and arrogance be broken in Jesus name come on let your power come back let your identity come back come on you men who came forward I break off passivity in Jesus name I break it off come on you men begin to get hungry for freedom in your life I'm serious. Begin to get hungry for freedom. All you men who are praying prayers in your head, begin to pray it out loud and say, I get my power back. I get my identity back. I'm no longer going to be subject to the Spirit any longer. All right, now if you're in this room and you have realized that you've been feeling the effect of the Spirit of Jezebel in your life, you've been tolerating it. Remember, it was uh, Elijah. This guy was a champ, hero. 
and he was tolerating the spirit of Jezebel so you can be a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God and still be tolerating him if that's you I want you to raise your hand you've been tolerating the spirit in your life and there's more of you give you a moment raise your hand if that's you and you've been tolerating the spirit of Jezebel in your life fear lust unmarried spirit isolation discouragement depression if that's you raise your hand I want right now for you to begin to identify out loud that stronghold in your life whatever it is and I want you to begin to say I take authority over the spirit of fear over the spirit of lust whatever it is over the spirit of discouragement I bind you in the name of Jesus I cast you out of my life I throw you down to the ground and I stomp on your head we take authority in the name of Jesus right now over every spirit that's been keeping people in bondage keeping them captive be broken in the name of Jesus right now let freedom come by the blood of Jesus come in the name of Jesus every doubt that would try to come and convince you you're just going to be the same I break that lie in the name of Jesus this is your day this is your day this is your day get your power back throw down that spirit and be broken in the name of Jesus don't stop keep going Tash begin to sing if you're raising your hand I want you to come up I want you to make your way to the front and I want you to begin to worship in the midst in the midst of it in the midst of asking I want you to begin to worship and thank God for your freedom and that freedom that freedom that you're contending for I want you to begin to believe it come on make your way if you raise your hand come up right now never stop never stop working never stop you never stop working even when I don't see you working even when I don't feel you working you never stop you never stop working you never stop hold on if you're in this room right now and you are battling doubt that it's gonna be the same after you leave this room I want you to wave your hand at me you're like I've come forward from many altar calls and just stays the same right after wave wave at me all right put your hand on your mind right now father I ask for renewing of minds every doubt that is speaking to these people right now be broken in Jesus name I take authority over this room break doubt in Jesus name every lying spirit that would try to convince you that your life is going to just keep looking the same way we break that in Jesus name we break that even when I don't see you Lord you are working even when I can't tell the difference you're working father we invite freedom into this room we invite freedom into our lives and freedom into our minds let freedom come right now come on church begin to worship even when I don't feel you working you never stop never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see your work even when I don't feel in your work you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see your work even when I don't feel your work you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working we make a miracle work promise 
promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are always singing out yes we make a miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are oh yes you are we make a miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are come on oh, i want you to begin to worship you. with faith i want you to begin to worship with victory i feel like this morning that you need to begin to get out of your own way get out of your box some of y'all have been going through the motions not now not now i want you to begin to worship and celebrate the victory if you should be up here right now i want you to come if you feel like you should be up here right now, I want you to make your way. The rest of you begin to worship. Come on, lift your voice. Begin to worship the King. He is the way maker.